The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. You're listening to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Thank you for tuning in for this Unity Partner Program. Unity Online Radio partners with spiritual leaders from organizations whose mission and messages complement Unity's. We are pleased to bring you this program on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Welcome to Truth Transforms with your host, Reverend Galen McDowell, Senior Assistant Minister at Christ Universal Temple in Chicago, Illinois. This is the program for spiritually enlightening discussion, interviews, and the practical application of new thought principles to transform your life. Now, here's your host, Reverend Galen McDowell. Welcome to Truth Transforms. I'm your host, Galen McDowell. And I am the Senior Assistant Minister at Christ Universal Temple in Chicago, Illinois, where the Reverend Derek B. Wells is the Senior Minister, and the Reverend Dr. Johnny Coleman is the Founder. We're in the midst of a powerful series, a healing series, a paradigm-shifting series titled The Eye of the Storm, which is based upon the book The Eye of the Storm by Gary Simmons, the Reverend Gary Simmons, who is a Unity Minister. I'm requesting that everyone who follows along with this series get the book, The Eye of the Storm, by Gary Simmons, and read along with the podcast or the live broadcast, depending on how you're listening to this show. I think that this book, as I've stated before, is one of the most powerful books I've ever run across because it really deals with the internal issues that go on in the soul that keep us from expressing the wholeness, peace, joy, prosperity, health, and abundance of God. It really deals with the things that block us from expressing and being all who all that we can be. It really helps us get rid of the things in the soul, in the consciousness, in our awareness that aren't authentic to who we are spiritually. So today we're going to be dealing with Chapter 6, which is the chapter on communion. Now, this is the shortest chapter, I believe, in the book. So it's not a lot of pages, but that doesn't mean I'm going to rush through it. I'm going to teach this chapter just like I would teach any other. Just, you know, I don't have to skip over stuff in this chapter. So he starts off on page 99 by stating, Relationship is the arena in which you experience your wholeness and worth. You have only one relationship, your relationship with God. Your relationship with God is experienced within three sub-arenas, your relationship to life, with others, and with yourself. In each of these categories, the objective is to experience communion with God, God in life, God in others, and in you. So let's just pause for a moment and just think about what he's really saying. Relationship is the arena in which you experience your wholeness and worth. Now, 
you're already whole. You already have worth or value in God. You're God's image and likeness. You're individualized expression of God. Some will call that a child of God, whatever term you choose to use. The issue comes into play is it's one thing to have that be the truth of you. It's another thing to experience it. What does it mean to experience your own wholeness? What does it mean to experience God? What does it mean to experience God in others? Now, what this chapter is talking about in the communion, uh, about communion is, this is really all that we do. We're either experiencing or not experiencing God. We're either, and when I mean that, I mean consciously aware uh, in an authentic way. Or we are or aren't experiencing God in life in a conscious, aware, authentic way with others. And with ourselves. One of the things that can happen in the midst of studying metaphysical truths, mystical truths like this is at times you can have your own metaphysical encounters. What do I mean by that? What I mean by that is where you experience, where you have a sense of wholeness, a sense of peace that goes beyond what you can humanly explain. There are times where the experience of God is so strong that that one moment shifts everything about you. You know, I think about uh, in the biblical narratives, they would have the, it's a term that's used in religion, it's called theophany. A theophany is a visible manifestation to humankind of God or, or God based upon the definition. But another way of explaining it is a theophany, theophany is a manifestation of God that is tangible to the human senses. Now, There are people who say, I had a vision. I saw something. I heard something. Now, that might be, it might be literal or it might be going on in the soul. I think it's more of a soul thing personally. But it's so real. It's as if it's tangible. Because it's something that you experience. And, you know, even when people who experience things of that nature like the, the Holy Spirit and and pass out and things of that nature. Sometimes, oh, that's just emotions. I don't believe that's always the case. Where people are having in deep meditation, have visions, dreams, and things of that nature. I don't think that that's all just imagination. I think that there are times where we have such a deep communion and connection with our oneness with God, with our true nature, with our divinity, that we have these moments that can't be explained. And when it happens and you know the realness of God in your soul or you've received the healing or you've received the breakthrough, then you know it's real for you. When Paul had his road to Damascus moment where only he could hear and see the Christ manifesting or the or the spiritual persona of Jesus. It shifted his life. He went from a person who persecuted the church. He went from a person who was going to that city to find followers of Jesus. They weren't even called Christians then to bring them to jail. And he shifted from being a persecutor to the most well-known promoter of the same teaching and teacher. 
it was a shift. Moses with the burning bush. Former Egyptian prince, now a sheep herder, turns into a liberator of a whole nation. Of a whole people. Because of a shift. It's the communion. So the relationship that you have with yourself, with life, and with God shows up as the experience, as the communion with these aspects. Communion is common union, a oneness. And if you go back and start looking at through your life experiences, you've possibly had some moments where you really felt one and connected to yourself, to others, to some mission or purpose, or you had some deep experience or understanding or sense of peace with God. And you say, well, I've never had that before. That means if that's possible, not possible, who am I to say? What I can say is this. If you're listening to this show, it's something that your soul is seeking because you wouldn't be listening to this type of show, this type of online radio program, reading these type of books, being in this type of thought process. If at a deep level you weren't seeking to understand, what does it mean to have a relationship with God to life with others and yourself? As the author wrote, In each of these categories, the objective is to experience communion with God, God in life, in others, and in you. I think the reason why you can see the divinity and the spiritual power in another individual because something in you recognizes it. You know, it's one of the things that's that's hard to fake, you know. Growing, I grew up with a person who was, they used to call in the old church prayer warriors. My grandmother was one of those type of people. People would come over to the house and she started praying and they start falling out and hitting the floor. And they call me to pick them up off the, off the living room floor week after week. And, you know, as a kid, I'm like, uh, is this real? Is it not real? But I kept seeing it over and over again. Is, it, is this just emotional? Is this just getting happy? Is this whatever? You know, when I started, you know, came to church and started working with Reverend Coleman and being around her. And and I remember it's incident where somebody walked up to her after a meeting, hugged her and fully fell out. I mean, like a dead weight, boom, right to the floor. And I'm standing there looking at this like this can't be real. But it was. I knew the person. And I and seeing things like that over and over again made me realize that you can walk with and live in such a consciousness that for those who are open and receptive to it, they can experience temporarily your own elevated consciousness in God. Something to think about. So the author says communion is the first attribute of wholeness. Communion means being connected, connected to life and to God. It also means common union, as I've stated before. He goes down and he says, musicians playing together in a symphony are an example of common union. Each is an essential component of the whole that moves together with purpose. So when you're in communion with another, you feed off of each other. You know, if, if you know, sometimes people who've been around each other for a long time, can finish each other's sentences. They psychically know, you know, what the other is thinking without being told. You know, some of my best friends, we joke around because we've been friends since like second grade that we can literally, I can literally pick up the phone to call one of my friends and say, to tell them something I saw on TV. And before I could do it, my phone is ringing. Did you see X, Y, and Z? And I was like, man, I just did. I was just picking up the phone to call you about that because it's a link. It's a communion that goes along with those that you are close with. There's a communion many times with those that you live with, a 
spouse or significant other that you've been around a long time. There's a communion. There's a connection that sometimes goes beyond words. There's a connection with your children or with your parents that goes beyond words. It's a communion. It's like a symphony. Everything's playing together to create this beautiful harmony. A really good team in sports, when they uh, are playing well, sometimes you'll hear a commentator or writer state that that team has great chemistry. What is chemistry? Chemistry is when when you are working in harmony at a level to where you know how to play each other off of each other, each other's strengths. You know how to uh, cover up so-called weaknesses. You know how to do what's best for the team. A really good team functions like a machine. So they know just by glance when to throw the ball or when to pass the ball or when to shoot the ball or when to do whatever they do depending on the sport. Because when you're connected, when you're in communion with another some things play out automatically. And when you start watching, a, if you start watching sports, you start watching elite teams, one of the things you look for is communion. Communion. How do they work together? When you start seeing a, a productive company, a productive church, a productive not-for-profit, a productive family. One of the things you're looking for is chemistry. Chemistry. Because that reflects the communion. How's your chemistry with the people that are closest to you? How's your chemistry at work? How's your chemistry with the people you volunteer with if you do so? And and library, in the not-for-profit, in the church or whatever, in the community. What's the chemistry like? Because that's a reflection of communion. Now, we're only a couple of minutes from our first break, so I do want to let you know a few things. One, this show, Truth Transforms, has a Facebook page, Truth Transforms with Reverend Galen McDowell. I want to make sure that you know about that. So if you're on Facebook, you can go on the page, like the page, share some of the things that I put on the page. Let people know about this powerful work that we're doing. Also, that this show, along with all the other shows on Unity Online Radio, are supported by your donations. So as you freely receive, please freely give. Go to www.unity.fm. Click on the donate button and help support this online ministry that is literally transforming people's lives. This ministry is making a difference. People listen to us. I'm in Chicago, and there are people listening to me in in Mexico, in Canada, in uh, Central America, in Europe, in Africa. I mean, it matters. We need we need to be mindful of that, not to mention the different places in the United States. It matters what we're doing here. Another thing is, if you'd like to call in and ask a question, you can call in to 888-558-6489. 888-558-6489. I love questions. I love comments. It allows the show to have a different feel because, because I'm in chemistry with you. So when you call... What you pull up out of my soul is not just for you, it's for others. So I can't plan your question, therefore I can't plan my response. It's it's fresh, it's automatic, it's not about um, what I've prepared the night before to present to you. So I, I, I like the opportunity to be able to engage with you. It allows me to have some communion with you. So please take advantage of the opportunity to reach out. I want to make sure that this show works for everybody involved. I also want to remind you that Christ Universal Temple has a a website, www.cutemple.org. This is Christ Universal Temple's 59th anniversary. Uh, We have the Dr. Barbara King coming in on October 11th. We have uh, Reverend or Pastor T.L. Berry coming in on, on October 18th. We have a gospel concert on the last Sunday of the of October by our choir. We're doing some things. So 
Check us out. We'll be right back with Truth Transforms. As Unity Online Radio continues to expand its programming and outreach to the world, we count on the support of listeners like you. Please make your donation today. Go to www.unity.fm and click on Donate Now. If you've ever wondered how a specific Bible verse might be interpreted metaphysically, then Interpret This is for you. In Interpret This, Unity Minister Rev. Ed Townley answers your questions about the Bible and how to apply its verses to your life with passion, depth, and spiritual insight. To submit a question or to enjoy any of his numerous metaphysical interpretations, visit unity.org and click on the Interpret This box. Do you think you know all you want to know about the characters in the Bible? Do you know who could be called the king who loved too much? Or what it means to be a Jezebel? Or that the best love story in the Bible begins with the declared commitment of two women? The Bible's symbolic meaning can help you transform your life and discover the presence and power of God within you. Find out what these characters can teach you about your own life today by tuning into Biblical Power for Your Life. Each week, co-hosts Reverends Karen Tudor and E.J. Niles present a Bible character from a historical, cultural, psychological, and symbolic perspective. Your comments and questions are part of this lively discussion. Tune in every Thursday at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern, and power up your life only at Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Thank you for tuning in to Truth Transforms. Now, here's your host, Reverend Galen McDowell. Welcome back to Truth Transforms. I'm on page 100 now of the book, The Eye of the Storm. Communion is the eye of the storm of separation. When you don't feel connected to someone, it's easy to find fault or become disappointed. Disagreement and relationship conflicts are symptomatic of miscommunion breakdowns or missing pieces in the intention to connect. Now, let's stop here. Disagreements. First of all, communion is the eye of the storm. In other words, when you seek communion, when you seek common union, you seek to be one first with God in you. And then with your experience, that allows you to function from an authentic spiritual space instead of functioning from emotion functioning from the you know programming of your belief system it allows you to be present in the now and allow spirit to direct what comes out of your mouth and what you do now it says when you don't feel connected to someone it's easy to find fault or become disappointed so when when you look through a fragmented consciousness, a consciousness of duality. It's very challenging to see oneness from a duality perspective. And like really allow that to land. Have you ever had a situation, a circumstance where you were so infatuated with someone and it didn't seem as though anything they could do was wrong and then you were around them and the hype wore off? And then you just start seeing a whole bunch of stuff that you don't like or you didn't like. Well, it's the same person. But what changed was your perspective, the lens through which you were looking at a person. When you're looking at a person through excitement or hormones or, you know, what you can get out of the situation or experience or, you know, what you just made up yourself. You're you're hiding things that potentially you wouldn't like when you when 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 somebody becomes familiar or too familiar, then you're looking for everything that's wrong with them. 
instead of just letting the process be. So I think it's important for us to realize that how we look at situations and circumstances matter. How we look at situations and circumstances matter. And what we're saying is when you look from the concept of communion, it allows you to connect. Oh, I have a caller. Uh, is it Tanya? Tanya? Is she on? Hello, Tanya. Are you there? Hear me? I'm here. Yes, can can you, you hear me? Yes, I can. Where are you calling from, Tanya? I'm calling from North Carolina. Okay, beautiful, beautiful. All right. What is your question? Well, I have a question. I guess it kind of feeds in from the end of last week into what you're discussing now. And last week he mentioned about disconnecting from what's happening around us, that we are not our experiences. Mm-hmm. And I guess I'm having a little bit of difficulty processing wholeness. And and what he just said, and when you're not connected to your sense of wholeness and worth, how you misread um, things that are happening. How do we go about I guess I have a two-part question. How do we go about disconnecting from what's happening around us, number one? And can you maybe expound a little bit on wholeness? I guess I'm having a little bit of uh, difficulty just processing that whole concept of being whole. Okay. All right. Well, first question, disconnecting. Well, we use a lot of different words. What I like in the earlier part of the book, when he talked about being able to see a thing, but if you look hard enough, you can see through it. When mm-hmm. he used the, uh, the analogy of looking at a car window, mm-hmm. it doesn't mean always necessarily when you're disengaged physically, but you're okay. in a space to where if you're caught up in your experiences, then you can't authentically create something productive or learn the lesson or get the blessing out of an experience when you think you're the experience. See, what ends up happening is, uh, for instance, you know, you know, you have a job and the pink slip comes. The pink slip doesn't define you. The pink slip is an experience. The pink, you know, but before the pink slip was, I am to paraphrase the Bible scripture. You're many times we place our sense of identity in what we do, and what we have. And what this author is saying, and what I'm trying to get across with these uh, classes, and what New Thought as a movement is trying to teach people, is that your your wholeness, which I'll deal with in a moment, your, your, your wholeness, your approval, your everything else that you and your mind think makes up you, has nothing to do with what you do or have, it has everything to do with who you are. So when you can see that you have experiences, but I'm not my experience. I do stuff, but I'm not the stuff. Okay. Um, okay. Let me, let me put it this way. Um, are you familiar with the uh, it's a scripture in Jeremiah that says, before I formed you in your mother's womb, I knew you. And before yeah. you were born, I consecrated you. Yeah. Uh, Jeremiah chapter one, verse five. So let me ask you this. Obviously, since you're on the planet Earth, you were born. That means you have parents, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Do you have any siblings? No. Okay. Do you have any children? Yes. Okay. So you're a mother. Okay. Yes. All right. So uh, so before, have you ever, ever, ever in your whole life been employed? Yes. Okay. All right. Um You've been to school, somebody's school, elementary, high school, college, something. Yes. Okay. All right. So before you picked up all of those roles, you were still a spiritual being before you became, before you were born, before you had a gender, before you had a race, before you had parents, before you had children. Before you had an education, before you had employment, and I can just keep putting hats on you. Okay. I'm sure you have Before the label. Before the label. Okay. 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 Before your 
child or children were born? How many children do you have? I have two. Two. Okay. Before your child was born, Tanya as a mother never existed. So, I mean, do you, I mean, really land, let that land. Before you had your first child, Tanya as mother never existed. Can you see that? I can. Okay. So, Tanya as mother is a newer experience. It wasn't always a part of your experience. And would you agree that you are more than just a mother? Yes. Okay. All right. You're more than somebody's child? Yes. Are you more than somebody's student? Yes. Are you more than somebody's employee? Yes. And whatever other roles you put on? So if if you're all those roles, Mm -hmm. but you're not the role, then who are you? Oh, okay. Spiritual being. Right. Okay. No thing that can be all things. So your wholeness is not in being a mother. Your wholeness is not being in somebody's child. Your wholeness is not in your education. Your wholeness is not in your employment. Your wholeness is in God. It never left. It was the one thing that preceded you picking up a body. It's not a role. It's who you are. Now, you can experience or not experience wholeness as somebody's child. You can experience or not experience wholeness as somebody's mother. You can experience or not experience wholeness as somebody's employee. You can experience or not experience wholeness as somebody's student or whatever other roles you play in life. Mm-hmm. The only issue comes into play is, are you aware of who you are or not beyond the role? I'm not saying okay. that because you can you can impose your wholeness in the role or live detached from your wholeness and not have those experiences reflect communion with God. I mean, I mean, um, it's it's like um, what, what the examples coming to me. Please excuse me. I just have to say it because it's coming. Is there's a difference between someone engaging in sexual intercourse and then that same person using that same physical act in there expressing love. It can be the exact same experience. One can be extremely detached. One can be a complete sense of wholeness and oneness with another individual. Would you agree? Yes. Okay. So it just depends on your paradigm. That's it. So your wholeness is completely caught up in and I, in realizing that you're that you transcend your role. Whatever the role is, race, gender, and all the different hats you wear. That's all. Now, Wholeness does not necessarily, when we think wholeness, we think perfection. Wholeness just means that something is complete. Like, okay, it has it has the integrity intact. If you're sitting down, you wouldn't sit in a chair that lacked integrity, would you? No. Why? Because it would break. Right. Apart. Right. Okay. So... When you know that you're whole, when your when you have when your spiritual integrity is in, intact, which it always is, when you're aware of your spiritual integrity, 
you know that your life can carry the weight of the things that you deal with. But when you are not functioning from your wholeness, when you encounter these experiences, they they make you scared because you think that you might break. So wholeness is not perfection, but completeness. Right. Okay. Perfection on a human sense is relative. What does it look like? In the absolute, you can say yes. That's perfect. In a human expression, it's relative to what? Because if God is infinite, anything can be improved on this plane of existence. Okay. Just a thought. Okay. Okay. It's resonating. It's 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 uh, I'm marinating. It's it's right. coming coming clear. <laughs> Thank you all so right. much for your time. Not a problem, man. You don't have to get it all in one time. That's what the work all is right. for. Right. Thank you, and and I'm enjoying the book. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you are. All right. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. God bless. So, so when the book says disagreements and relationship conflicts are symptomatic of miscommunion, breakdowns, or missing pieces in the intention to connect. So when something isn't working, it's some level of miscommunion. It's some sense of lack and harmony on creating the intent to connect the intent to understand. This is why in the seven habits of highly effective people, Stephen Covey uh, says one of the habits is seek first to understand, then to be understood. Seek first to understand, then to be understood. When you, you know, when you are assessing an experience, do you really understand what's happening? What's really going on? It's sort of like, you know, I'm a dad. I have a 16-year-old daughter. And sometimes that means that as a parent, even when you say, hey, how are you? I'm fine. Everything's good. Everything's good. But intuitively, you know that there's a disconnect somewhere. Something's going on with your kid. And you have to be able to engage them in a way that allows you, they're willing, to help them through something. That's part of the process. It's part of the process. So even though the mouth might be saying, I'm fine, energetically, where is it? Where is the person's? How is their body language? Because most of communication is is it within body language. How you move, your eyes, your mouth, facial expressions. Are you standing up strong? Are you slumping over? People carry your energy about them when things aren't out of alignment. There are signs of something being out of order. Signs of something being out of order. Energetically, when you don't feel connected, it shows. It shows. I've told many a person, you need to develop a poker face. And that's my way of saying, when you're not in the space you need to be, don't let your face show it. Because in particular, depending on the situation and circumstance of where you are and who you're around, you can play yourself. You can play yourself. Now, Back to the book. Judgment and criticism are also indicators of missing pieces, signals alerting partners that the relationship needs attention. So when the judgments and the criticism starts to come hard and heavy at times, it's letting us know, okay, there's some breakdowns around here. Now, this is not saying that they're not situations and circumstances that need critiquing, that, that you need to address. What it's saying is, when you're coming from a sense of miscommunion, this is coming out of that perception, out of that paradigm, instead of addressing something authentically with authentic action from a space of spiritual integrity. Okay, this needs to be addressed, but how do I address this in wisdom and love? So, I'll talk about that 
after we come back from our last break with Truth Transforms. We'll be right back. Did you know that the Buddha gave us the formula to create a beautiful, abundant life? Did you know that Jesus gave us the formula to create a beautiful, abundant life? Did you know that both these masters taught exactly the same thing? And guess what? They did not teach the law of attraction. They taught the great paradox of prosperity. You can have anything you want. Why, you can have things you don't even know you want, but not by wanting them. Instead, put your attention on the vibrant presence of the divine within. Do that and your life will change. It has to. That is the natural order. Want to crack the code on the great paradox? Get Janet Connors' The Lotus and the Lily. Available everywhere great books are sold. God is formless, yet takes many forms. What goes around comes around. Chant the name of the Lord and be free. No one comes to the Father except through me. Ever been confused by the variety and apparent contradiction within world religions? Join Reverend Paul John Roach every Tuesday for insight into those principles held in common by all the great religious traditions in world spirituality, exploring the unity within all cultures and faith traditions. Using discussions, interviews, humor, insight, and practice, Practical advice, we will clarify the confusion and reveal simple yet profound truths. Call in with your questions and ideas and help break down the barriers that separate us from one another. That's World Spirituality with Paul John Roach, Tuesdays at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern, here on Unity FM, the voice of an awakening world. You've been listening to Truth Transforms with Reverend Galen McDowell. If you have questions or comments about today's program, or if you'd like to join in on the discussion, email us at truthtransforms at unity.fm. Now back to Truth Transforms. All right, welcome back to Truth Transforms. I'm on page 100. And I just talked about judgments and criticism, and he gives he explains it in the next paragraph. He says, when you are not connected to your sense of wholeness and worth, you will misread these signals and mistakenly assume that your partner is against you. What? Judgment and criticism. If in the instant someone judges you, you react by trying to disprove the accusation or by defending yourself, you will miss the opportunity to respond authentically to the invitation to create communion. Now, what does that mean? That means that, again, you always have the opportunity to respond based upon what's actually happening, not what is perceived to be happening, even if the other person is unconscious. Because many times when people are reacting, they don't even know what they're doing. They're just in the space. And I'm not saying that this is, they're not opportunities for plain talk, straight talk, um, getting down to the nitty-gritty of what's going on, et cetera, et cetera. But the moment a situation or circumstances uh, devolves to two clashing personalities trying to prove who's right, nobody wins. You know, now, what I will say is this, which is not in the book, but something I, I truly believe. And if it works for you, do it. If not, set it aside. I don't believe that people get to have their own facts. Your perception and how you feel about a thing is one thing. You don't get to have your own facts. You know, um, for instance, if I and another person are engaged in some type of experience and some actual facts happened that are objective outside of the two people or people that are engaged in it, that can be researched, can be uh, proven without a shadow of a doubt, these are the facts that happened. 
you don't get to have your own facts. I think that's one of the things that trip people up. They assume that their facts and their interpretation of the facts are the same thing. They're not. You know, I you know I can remember telling a person, you know, that said, you know, uh, you know, my daddy didn't love me because he left me and my mom. I said, well, your daddy left you and your mom. That's a fact. Whether or not your father loved you is your interpretation. And that, that's hard talk. Well, love shows up as this and love shows up as that. And when it's all said and done, I, you know, I don't know what that man was dealing with, wrestling with. And I don't justify what I can say was he didn't handle his responsibility if he walked out on his child. I can say that. That's a fact. How he felt about his child. That's a different conversation. And I know that might rub some people the wrong way. But we had to realize how you feel or how you interpret a thing is not the facts. It's just your feelings. That's that's the judgment and the criticism that this uh, Gary Simmons is talking about, in my opinion. I don't want to speak for him. But I will say that there are times where we get so caught up in our interpretation that our interpretation turns into our facts. And that's where it could go left. I don't get to have my own facts. You know, what happened if, if, if I went to the store and 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 bought some minute made fruit punch and paid and then left and then I have these encounters with people as I come. These this person in the aisle was rude to me because I walked past and and I spoke and the person didn't look at me. That person's rude. Or that person could be pondering because they're just going through a divorce and they in or something's going on with their child. Or that mother is ill or they don't know when they go to work if there's going to be a job there when they get there because of the things that are going on and their business is failing. You you might assume that they're rude. That doesn't mean that's what's actually happening. You don't know what's going on. But anyway, so he gives, a, in my opinion, a wonderful example, and I'm going to read it in totality. He says, a few months ago, my wife, Nan, said to me, Gary, you never take me out to dinner. Well, of course, that's not true. We go out to dinner all the time. That is, when we can agree up, uh, uh, when we can agree on a restaurant we both like. But what happened was that I reacted and came up with a list of dates and places where we had indeed gone out to dinner. So you see, sweetie, I said to myself, never is not true. I won the argument, but I lost the opportunity to give Nan what she really wanted which wasn't dinner, but was to feel closer to me. I had been gone for a week or so on a business trip, and she missed me. It just so happened that the method she used to get my attention was a judgment. You never take me out to dinner. When I make Nan wrong by proving myself right, not only do I reinforce the part of me that doesn't feel okay, but I also tell Nan it isn't okay for her to be needy. She gets penalized for being needy when I make her wrong. The tragic thing about her judgment is that it wasn't ever about me. It was about what's missing for her. Her judgment was simply an attempt to get my attention. So I think that's a wonderful analogy of another person being very unconscious. And instead of stating what they really want, it shows up as a criticism and a judgment. And... When the criticism or judgment shows up in the experience or as an experience, if you're not whole and complete, you can react to a situation. What you mean? Never did it. Instead of really getting to, hey, you know, we go out to dinner. I know this can't be about dinner. What's really going on? What do you really want? What are you really trying to say? What's really happening here? And really try to get out of it. Is something here missing? Is something going that is it something that you're not getting out of this that you feel as though you need? Because I know this can't be about dinner. And allow the opportunity for some authentic conversation. I'm not saying say those type of words. I'm using those as examples. But to get to the point of this isn't about food. This is about you wanting to spend time. And instead of because many times people are unconscious on how they respond to things, they just Speak from a fragmented sense of self instead of a sense of wholeness. 
because relationships are just a bunch of agreements. What you agree to take care of, in, you know, in the midst of the common union, the common experience. And when the challenge that comes up with relationship many times is the problem is most relationships don't start with conscious agreements. Some people just start hanging with each other and they become a couple and they never have actually have a conversation that they're a couple. They just assume it and go forward, which gets some people in trouble when they assume that they have a significant other when the other person is still kicking it, meaning they don't feel as though they're in a committed monogamous relationship. So spiritual insight says what is needed in this experience? What is really being said? What is the thought? What is the belief? What is the feeling that's driving what's being said right now? And really being present to that. All right. So the book goes back to say on page 101, the same is true regarding every judgment. No judgment is about you. It is about the person who is doing the judging. But when you react by making the other person wrong or by defending yourself, you make the judgment mean that it is about you when it is really not. It is about what's missing for the other person. Now, again, we're talking about in this context. And I think this is important for me to separate because, say, for instance, you're a manager or a supervisor or a parent. You can still address things, breakdowns that, that have to be addressed, that have to be fixed without necessarily coming from a space of fragmentation. I think that's really important for me to say because sometimes people go take that and they say, okay, well, I'm in, in a position of authority. Now, how do I handle this and not judge or not critique and not whatever? It's your responsibility, but how, do you, how can you do it in a way that inspires true action, sets standards, uh, and when those standards are met, address them in ways that either allow the person to improve or allow that person without making that person quote-unquote wrong move on into a new experience away from what you are doing with your company or your business or your whatever. Or if you're dealing with a child, you know, that you're responsible for, how can you authentically deal with that parent as a parent with that child without, um, without creating a situation where you're bumping heads with a child because two egos bumping in the head where integrity authority is, 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 reflected through wisdom and love through wisdom love and understanding it's something to think about so back to the book the book states that on page 102 or bottom of page 101 early 102 It is important that you have this information because it gives you the chance to fill in the gaps, repair the breakdowns, and discover the missing pieces in intention to create communion. So you see, judgments are not about you. They are for you. All right, next paragraph states, your reaction is about you. It's about your need to feel safe and okay. It's about your need to be right. Or it is about some unresolved issue of your past that has been triggered. So when people start saying things and doing things, What gets triggered in you? What comes up in your soul? That gives you an opportunity to heal it. That gives you an opportunity to work with it. Because if somebody somebody saying something to you doesn't make you angry, what's in you makes you angry. Somebody saying something to you doesn't make you get frustrated, what's in you makes you frustrated. You need to know the difference. All right. So last point I want to make on the bottom of page 102. And somehow I still didn't cover all of the points I wanted to cover in this, but it had nothing to do with the caller. Uh, It had everything to do with me talking long about some of these points. The last point I want to make is it is knowing that your presence really matters, that you are a connecting link between God and the situation or person you are with in any given moment. When you find God in yourself, your relationship 
or in your situation, you experience true abundance. I think that speaks for itself. You got to find God in you first. You got to behold the wholeness of God in you first before you can see it in other people and other experiences. So make sure you do the aware of questions. Make sure that you do the work. Next week, we'll work with set it, see it right, not make it right. Chapter seven, read the chapter in advance. God bless you. And I'll be with you next week with Truth Transform. Thank you for tuning in to Truth Transforms with Reverend Galen McDowell. Join us every Wednesday at 10 a.m. for live discussions about how to live a spiritually transformed, prosperous, healthy, and joyful life. Truth Transforms, only on Unity Online Radio. This program is brought to you in part by Christ Universal Temple in Chicago, Illinois. Online at www.cutemple.org and on Facebook and Twitter under CU Temple. truly understand the laws of the universe and live a life based on these profound and unwavering truths, then your dream life starts today. No more waiting. No more wandering. If you're ready to let go of the striving and move into the allowing, you are ready for everyday attraction on Unity Online Radio. We study the teaching of Abraham given to us by beautiful Esther Hicks, so we can release confusion for clarity, exchange struggle for serenity, and have the time of our lives today. Join host Ray Zander every Friday at noon Central Time, 10 a.m. Pacific, on Unity Online Radio for Everyday Attraction, where the law of attraction gets real. Inspiration only takes a moment. Your friends at Unity invite you to reflect on these words from Rev. Jim Rosemurgy. Pause and take a deep breath. When you are ready, affirm silently to yourself. Sweet, sweet spirit, I desire a closer walk with you. Show me the way. I am listening. Take time now, in the silence, to get in touch with the spiritual guidance within you. Have faith that your next step, your unfolding, your spiritual growth, is coming to you in divine order through your spiritual instinct or your spiritual knowingness. This meditative moment is brought to you by Unity. Does music open your heart and bring you peace and joy? Experience the sacredness of sound with Ramdesh Kaur as we travel the world of mantra, kundalini yoga, and devotional music. Join us for a journey into spirit, Thursdays at 4 p.m. Central, 5 p.m. Eastern, on Spirit Voyage Radio with Ramdesh. Only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. the saying a good deed is its own reward well moving toward a plant-based diet and vegan lifestyle is one kind and compassionate act that isn't just its own reward it will also reward you with vibrant health boundless energy an easy way to keep your weight where you want it and according to yogis and unity's co-founder charles fillmore even give a boost to your spiritual life on main street vegan the radio program named for the popular book Victoria Moran will make your move in a vegan direction easy, fun, affordable, and delicious. With enticing topics and entertaining guests every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Central Time, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world.
Ever notice how the funniest things happen when we stop taking ourselves too seriously and step out boldly? Listen to Funniest Thing with Daryl and Ed as these unlikely saints administer a refreshing dose of laughter and love that will inspire you to step out boldly and experience the funniest things. Join the discussion with Daryl and Ed live every Wednesday at 5 p.m. Central Time on Funniest Thing, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. I'm Rachel Corpus, an angel communicator, psychic medium, and host of the Angel Talk podcast. This show is meant to help you remember who you are, a limitless being with shoes and socks on. And along the way, we'll connect to people on the other side and experts in the field like authors, healers, animal communicators, and more. Listen to all my shows at Mind Body Spirit FM or wherever you get your podcasts. <laughs> 